Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, and I apologize for the Friday no-show for the episode. So we had these record colds, this Arctic freeze. I know it was much colder north of us, you know, in New England and up to Montreal, Toronto, obviously into Canada got way colder, but it's never been this cold in the Hudson Valley. And we had temperatures of negative 25 to 30 on Friday. And luckily the electricity did not go out, but the cable and the internet kept getting knocked out all day it just made it really impossible to get a good recording in because as I tried it wasn't saving it was really frustrating to be honest and then the studio was freezing so my studio is just a big room upstairs that I try to you know not get so much of an echo in and I love it up here but it was so cold that there was no way my brain could even concentrate on what I wanted to say So you're gonna get that all in this episode from the Chinese spy balloon and Pamela Anderson to what I thought of the Grammys, mostly the fashion. That's what I was here for with all of it always. I'm not so into who wins and who doesn't win. I think that's just a popularity contest. And if you like the artist, don't take it as an insult that they didn't win. Just keep supporting them because they love you for that. Anyway, just my opinion. So yeah, made it through freezing to death on Friday. Had a birthday yesterday. Yeah, 47. Um, Great day. I went to this amazing restaurant in Ellenville, New York called Aroma Time Bistro. It's a certified green restaurant, farm to table. Everything is local and organic or fair trade and bought from places where everyone gets the right amount of you know, money that they deserve. And the restaurant's amazing. It's like dark wood. It's really warm and cozy in the winter. They have like lobster nights and free mussels with a bottle of wine, two for one burgers. I had the best chicken tacos. It was like these homemade taco shells that were kind of in between like soft and crispy. Can't even tell you how good the coffee was. It comes in its own little carafe and they give you an egg timer to brew your coffee and You brew your own in a French press and they give you organic milk and sugar with it. And this brownie with organic gelato, vanilla gelato was just amazing. So all in all, it was a great day. And I am like American pickers, man. I love antiquing. I have tons of antiques all over my house. I've found things on my property that, you know, have been here from previous owners for the last 200 years and I stopped into this little antique store and found these brass mermaid towel holders from the 1950s so all in all great day and yeah it was one of one of the uh, more chill birthdays instead of thousands of phone calls I got texts and messages so much better so much better. As much as I talk on this podcast, I hate talking on the phone unless it's really important news or like really good gossip. And that's just how it goes. I'm not into the small talk on the phone. I'd rather just like see you and have the small talk. I don't know. It's just like one of my pet peeves. Anyway, let's get into what I think of 
the Chinese spy balloon situation. All right, this balloon enters airspace north of Alaska's Aleutian Islands on January 28th. And American officials believed there was a good chance it would keep traveling north over sparsely populated areas. But two days later, the balloon unexpectedly slowed down and it's described as almost loitering over Canada. And then it changed course and headed south on a new trajectory that would take it over the U.S., so over Ohio. And as an official so who's speaking on the condition of anonymity said that's when we knew it was different. So apparently Chinese spy balloons have crossed into U.S. territory in the past, but because of the way this one maneuvered steering towards sensitive U.S. sites, it raised alarms of NORAD, which is the North American Aerospace Defense Command. So they operate a nuclear missile base and a nuclear missile site um, in like Montana, near Idaho. So there's this, you know, there's this, this balloon. Now, assuming that they thought it was going to go north, I think that that's logical that the winds would take it up. So they decided to leave it. And then it flew over Canada for a bit before it re-entered the United States over Idaho. So Canada also had a chance to shoot it down and then it just caused a political uproar and Anthony Blinken canceled his February 5th and 6th trip to Beijing and they were hoping that this trip would steady rocky relations. So Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, asked the military options on Tuesday to deal with the crisis and then said that he wanted it shot down on Wednesday, but that they said they should wait until it's not over a populated area. So it got to go over everywhere and it was taken down in South Carolina by the fighter jets. But I don't know if anyone's talking about like the powdery substance that popped out of it, but I have to say that I think it was the right choice not to send fighter jets over the continental U.S. where someone or something could have been destroyed, or what if that substance was something deadly that was going to get into our air and infect like a third of the country, and then the rest of the country, who knows? So at least whatever it was was overseas, and they were able to get it back, so they they retrieved it, and... um. You know, China at first was like, oh, it's a civilian balloon, nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. And, you know, we heard that everything important was like hopefully scrambled and they didn't get information, but that we're getting more information from the balloon than the balloon got from us. It probably just got a bunch of pictures and videos of people giving it the finger and shit. God bless America. (laughs) But this is serious. So now, since it's been shot down, they're saying it was an overreaction and, you know, there's supposed to be now a problem. But first of all, is this a 1942? What year is this? Why do you have a fucking balloon? I mean, we can we can do the spy thing over the Internet, right? I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's like they wanted to cause an international incident. So... 
you know, either that or this is, yeah, it's like a distraction. It's a distraction from something else. So when I say to you guys, like, look at the news, look at everything, think about it. There's always something bigger behind these little things, although this is a big deal. And I just bought another copy of 1984, and I realized that I bought a UK-Canadian version with a totally different cover with a face on the front instead of the 1984, like, is in the United States version. And when I opened the cover, it said that it was not ever supposed to be resold. So I have a UK version of 1984, and um, I got it on Thrift Books. Thank you. Um, that's really funny though that it wasn't supposed to be sold but you know different times so I'm gonna sit down and read the rest of it because I remember picking it up starting it putting it down don't know where the book went so I do know the story obviously but I've got to reread this again right now because it's just getting real and that's why I encourage everyone to do a little bit of free thinking but stay logical and don't fall down the rabbit holes of all of these conspiracy theories because that will not help you need your critical thinking skills but that's my thoughts on this Chinese spy balloon that is now an alleged spy balloon or a weather balloon from civilians whatever that was intense and um yeah, I hope that we don't have to deal with anything worse than that is really all I have to say right now. I just have to say quickly that I saw the funniest video from Jewel. You guys have to look this up on, I think it was TikTok. And she cracked me up because she said that she was at a party and she met a woman who sat down next to her and was like, oh, you're Jewel, right? She's like, yeah. And she said, you know, I want you to know your your song, My Hands. She said, you know, she, she like pleasured herself to it for years and she didn't ever think of it in that way and she's like oh my god you guys oh my god I wrote this song and it was just really hilarious feel good stuff of the day and on a really sad note Ozzy Osbourne is retiring from touring like for real so I saw him back in 2017 the end with Black Sabbath and when they called the tour the end I believed him I believed them a lot. I saw them at Jones, Jones Beach. I think it's called the Nikon Theater. I've seen Depeche Mode and Duran Duran, Terrence Trent Darby, and oh, a few others there. I, th- I think that's where I saw U2's Pop Mart tour. Again, can't remember, but I saw Ozzy there. And, you know, if you've never been to Jones, it's just this big outdoor amphitheater, and the stage is like a dome. And when the sun sets and the moon rises and the stars come out and then you see the yachts in the distance because people will just pull their yachts up behind the stage and they'll listen to the concert while they're hanging out on their yachts. I know, first world problems, but it's amazing to to be a part of it. Um, That's where I saw him. He was incredible, incredible. And um, I'm sad that he's not touring. I heard maybe that he wants to do like you know some local stuff for people because that's that's who he is he's a performer and if you've never seen Ozzy whether it was in you know the 70s the 80s or you know now when I saw him on the last tour man is magic on stage he just blew me away I was jumping up and down I can't find that t-shirt from that tour it makes me sad but I'm really glad that I got to see him because there's so many people I have not ever gotten to see play. So go see your favorites while you can because I have like a bucket list of regrets and Ozzy Osbourne's not on that. I got to see him. 
And if you still want to see him on TV, besides the Osborne's reality show that I was addicted to, you got to watch the Osborne's want to believe. So Jack shows Ozzy and Sharon all these like haunted videos or UFO videos and Ozzy just yells out double exposure and then sometimes he believes it's just really funny you know it's kind of like the reality show all over again but they're doing it with like paranormal stuff and Jack Osborne's got like some paranormal show and it's really actually he's he's not bad at it it's pretty good I don't know I enjoy paranormal shows though so there you go with that so I want to move on though to Brittany Furlon and Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee okay so this is like I feel like the millennial versus Gen Xer thing like I'm team Pam Anderson all the way when I first started my Instagram that's now messy closet podcast it was like something like yo 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 1994 and I just started putting up all of these memes and gifs from like 90s tv shows and music and whatever and 80s stuff all of that and 1994 because it was the year I graduated high school and one of the first posts I put up was just Pamela Anderson doing her Baywatch thing now like I said I've been a fan of hers from the beginning I had mentioned that I met Molly Culver, who was on VIP with Pamela Anderson, and she had nothing but amazing things to say about her. And what Brittany Furlan said in her video that she took down later, you know, was mocking her with this makeup on that looked like Pamela Anderson, saying that she wouldn't care if she died. Now, she's upset that, what, she's getting attention again? I mean, Pamela Anderson's been iconic since the 80s. Like, I'm sorry, there's not a lot of comparison. And she's very respectful, Pamela, of Tommy's marriage to Brittany Furland. So, you know, even if she gets annoyed, Brittany, it's not her place because, number one, Pamela Anderson said that she was, like, basically blindsided by that Pam and Tommy whatever biopic. She didn't know anything about it. So I did not watch it because Team Pam. So, you know, her not knowing about it, if she's going to do her own book, which she wrote herself, the, you know, everything, the book proposal, all of it, and she's going to do a documentary about her life, yeah, of course she's going to contact the father of her kids. And she was really honest about everything, not to mention her son produced it. And her both of her sons, you know, were by her side through all of the Netflix promotion, through the booked promotion. They wanted her to tell her story. They're standing up for her saying that she's been taken advantage of so badly through this business that, you know, she needs to speak out and tell her side. And like I said, she didn't even use a ghost writer on her book. No help. She did everything. This woman is beautiful, smart, sexy. She just redefines what, you know, a woman can be. And she's been taken advantage of a lot. That video that was stolen was so unfair to her. She's the one that lost out. And she said, you know, that was part of what, like, her her marriage And I don't blame her for saying she'll always be in love with him. I think they're soulmates. 
And if I were Brittany Furlon who says, well, this is how I cope and it's just a stupid joke, the funny thing is, if it were the other way around, all of the millennials would be like, cancel Pamela Anderson, cancel Pamela Anderson. Gen Xers don't do that. We don't try to disrespect in, you know, and interfere in things. We try to get along. We try to make it better. If we're disrespecting someone, it's because it happened to us first. I can guarantee you that if someone's saying something publicly, it's because a lot of things, you know, were behind the scenes. And that's kind of where Brittany Furlan's trying to get like her, um, her gumption to do these things. Now, if she's upset that they're communicating, that's one thing. But there's a TikToker, the Kyle Marissa, she does like these blind items and stuff. And she was like screaming about it. I have proof. I have proof that Pamela is incessantly texting Tommy. So, you know, Brittany Furlan always has her nails done. And I'm like an eagle eye Italian lady. So I um, am looking at this screenshot. Now, it looks like her hand on a phone. It was like a, a nail with a black tip. And it looks like she's holding the phone. So it was her husband's phone, obviously. And she took a screenshot with her phone of, you know, some memories that Pamela Anderson supposedly had shared with Tommy Lee. But that's such a violation of his privacy as well. And this girl puts it up on TikTok saying CCC. But here's the thing. If Pamela was so upset that no one talked to her about the Tom and Pammy, uh, wow, yes, Tommy and Pam story, um, why wouldn't she reach out to him and say, I'm going to put this in, I'm going to put this in, you know, I want to talk about this. He, he deserves that respect too. That is the father of her children. And she said she would always love him. And then her fifth husband's like leaving her $10 million. This is an extraordinary woman. And Brittany Furlan, you're, you're cute. You're funny. You know, you're entertaining, but you're making yourself look like you can't hold a candle to Pamela Anderson with your insecurities. Like, honestly, yeah, I think your husband should be pissed at you for doing that because you disrespected his son's mother. They're your stepsons, and that's that's just not good. Like, unless you have proof that she's, like, done something so outrageous, there's nothing wrong with a text message. You know, they can still discuss memories and their kids and, and whatever. So I'm not down with that because it's crude. And... You know, it's not a way to cope because there's nothing to cope with. This is Pamela Anderson's story. Brittany Furlan was a kid when they were together. I was like a teen, a young adult when they were together. We loved them together. We were all sad when Pam and Tommy broke up. And, you know, she's always carried herself with grace. She's always stood by her beliefs. You know, I, I just I just don't see why... Britney's got to make this about herself, especially when her stepsons had so much to do with that documentary and, you know, really encouraging her to write her book. So I see some family drama and I also now see an uptick in TikTokers going, well, I met Britney Furlan. Look, look, here she is. She was so nice. And then there's tons of videos now of, you know, her and Tommy together doing these things like showing a united front. And I just smell panic. I smell PR panic. 
And that's how I feel about it. Again, Team Pamela, she's an icon and no one compares. And the one big regret that I have is that I never got to the city to see her in Chicago. It was like a six week run and I just didn't, I didn't have the money. I didn't have, well, I could have gotten down there, but I just didn't have the money. And it was just like a mess and I couldn't probably get there within that frame time. It was like a whole deal. And it was also finding tickets that were affordable. So I'm so sad because I'm sure she was so fabulous. Anyway, I want to move on to the Grammys. Okay, so first, my condolences to Ben Affleck on losing his soul. It has died, it looks like, apparently. He just looked the most uncomfortable and miserable and, yeah, I feel like he spent his childhood like trying to run away from like new kids on the block and because <laughs> it's like a whole Boston thing and now he's like, oh God, I'm back. He just looks like he doesn't enjoy music. I don't know. Um, it just seems like a, a very odd match. Like that's just not his world. Like Jennifer Lopez kind of goes between the world of, of music and acting and she's got, you know, her A, A-plus list status. So I feel like you know, she's got an easier time navigating the music world and the acting world because she's used to maneuvering through both and Ben Affleck is not and he just did not look so pleased with anything. But he didn't look pleased in the other video where she was like drinking and he looked like he was saying like, Jen, Jen, I didn't drink something like that. So who knows? I um just have to say time will tell, but he probably shouldn't go to the Grammys again. They just kept focusing on him. Well, there you go. So, I'm just here to talk fashion because I just, uh, except for Bonnie Raitt winning, which I think was incredible because she's such an amazing artist and she was up against, you know, so many more people that are popular in like current pop culture and are on the radio like all the time but she deserved that so much so much so much so congratulations and everybody else if your favorite didn't win again it's not a popularity contest I know I just was very excited to see Bonnie Raitt because she looked so surprised and it's not a popularity contest it's like I would still listen to her music if she hadn't been nominated for a Grammy it was just a great moment but I really want to talk fashion because this year had some big do's and big don'ts. So I'm going to start with Taylor Swift. A lot of people said, eh, about it. I saw her original drawing and the top had a hood, but it would have hidden those gorgeous earrings. So I'm assuming that's why she got rid of the hood. I liked it. Midnight blue, midnights, it goes. It was classy. It gave a timeless look. You know, it was a little edgy. I'm going to give her a 9 out of 10 for this look, but a total 10 on the earrings. Now, oh, Harry Styles. We got to get into the negatives on this one. This is the thing that clown nightmares are made of. This pastel Harlequin put on a shirt. He needed like Seinfeld's puffy blouse underneath that and then it would have been an outfit, maybe with a hat. He should have gone more prints and less like making moonshine in the woods after my concert at the bowl all right moving on to jennifer lopez 
her worst accessory was her husband. So I'm going to give the dress like a nine of 10. I love the navy blue, love the ruffles, love the slit. The sleeves were great. You know, she gave a little cleavage, the little like sparkles hanging down. Necklace was gorgeous, but I hated the shoes. The shoes were awful. They just didn't do it for me. They were like this platform, but they had a clear sandal across the top. It just looked like it wasn't sitting on her foot. Like it just looked like it defied gravity or something. Very weird, but I liked the rest of the outfit, just not the shoe. But I'm thinking maybe that the gown was really long and she wanted to wear it. So she put on the high shoe. I am guilty of that as well. Just didn't like it with that outfit. Oh, Beyonce. Oh, Beyonce, who dressed you? Oh, my God. This is like a prom reject with dominatrix latex gloves. So she's now the most awarded artist at the Grammys. Right? Awesome. She comes out. Her hair is pretty. It's got like, you know, this mermaid sort of wave to it. But I liked Jennifer Lopez's like blowout a little bit more. Um... But she's got this like the the top is like satin, but it's almost the same color as her skin. So you have to do a double take. And then it just looks like she's wrapped in a mylar balloon with a slit. And then they're like, yeah, put on these dominatrix gloves for like whatever reason and go out. Now, she's about to be the most awarded Grammy winner. Right. She's Queen Bay. Where's the queen? Who dressed her? Why did she accept this outfit? It's just not right for her. I wanted like the opulence that I know that Beyonce can do. And this was not delivered for me. Pharrell just looks like the Red Baron. That's it. Sam Smith and Kim Petra. So they've got this like red satanic couple, you know, Thing going on with this entourage um I did like the styles I did like the drama of it I did and I did kind of like the message of oh you think I'm working with Balenciaga and the devil will show you the devil so I have to say it was interesting it has like a carnival sort of feel to it um I'm gonna give it I don't know. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a nine, nine out of 10. I was just impressed with the entourage and the color coordination. And I thought it was intense and dramatic. Okay. So I've seen Lizzo in two outfits, this orange thing with the flowers and the boning. And it's like this orange tangerine getup. And then she's got a silver mini dress on. All right. So I want to start with the orange. I liked it. I liked it a lot. The orange cape, again, it's red carpet, it's Grammys, it's drama. I thought she looked really beautiful in it. I thought her complexion really looks gorgeous with the orange. She picked a good color for herself. That being said, when she opened the gown, I would have liked the gown to coordinate with that color a little bit more. This kind of looks like a bridesmaid's dress to me. So I'm going to give the cape a 9 out of 10, but I'm going to give the dress underneath like a 6 out of 10. And then she put on this silver mini dress with poofy sleeves like it's from the 80s, which would have been adorable, I think, in a video. But I would have liked to see something way different at the Grammys. Again, it just looked like aluminum foil 
wrapped around her. And I don't know. I just would have liked to see her maybe continue the orange theme and have done something with that. I just wasn't really liking that that silver on her. But the orange cape was gorgeous. Adele. I have to give her a 10 out of 10. The burgundy was beautiful. It just looked regal. It looked royal. She looked really classy. The sleeves had an 80s reminiscence to it, 80s, 90s. And, you know, it was velvet. It was just unexpected. And I truly loved, loved, loved that outfit. So Trevor Noah, yeah, he looks pretty good. His joke, though, oh, my God, when he joked when James Corden was on stage that there's another man that could move from London to L.A. without having to talk about his frostbitten <laughs> you-know-what. Yeah, so that was a dig at poor dear Harry. He shouldn't have said that. Okay, Brandy Carlisle, I loved it. I loved it. It was rock and roll. It was understated but fun. I loved the tie, real 80s, you know, that... that hot pink that we loved back then just a nice blend of feminine and masculine really beautiful okay bb rexa so she's got this barbie thing going on 70s okay hair and makeup flawless love the gloves love the color i wasn't crazy about the top it's the Grammys, though. It's the red carpet. I think she pulled it off well. I think she looked beautiful in the whole look. So I'm going to give her an 8 out of 10. All right. Spacey Casey. So she comes in a cat suit that's pastel pink with, like, a pastel pink cape. I'm going to give this a 3 out of 10. I don't know what the fuck this is. And then we have Kelsey Ballerini, and she's in some kind of a neon yellow thing with a slit. Looks like a prom dress. Six out of ten. All right. Queen Latifah. Queen. Nine out of ten. I love this outfit. I just think she needed um, a little more sparkle somewhere. She shines, you know? But I loved it. I'm giving her a 9 of 10. She looked like she loved wearing it. Viola Davis. I'm going to go with an... I'm going to give her an 8. 8 out of 10. I like the outfit. I really do. It's simple. It's got like a, an 80s geometric pattern. It's fringe or and sequin or both. I like it a lot. I'm just not sure. It was like super Grammy. And, of course, we've got Fran Drescher, who I'm giving her a 10. 10, 10, 10 in that, like, copper, 70s, slinky, beautiful. It reminds me of when, you know, she was in her 70s films there, and, and she's got the same body. She looks amazing. She's glowing. She's my 10 of 10. Laverne Cox looked really nice. I thought she brought a fierce look. Um, yeah, she just like showed off, you know, the sculpting of her body. I loved the simplicity of it. Doja Cat as well. You know, her looks recently have been 
taking some 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 beatings, but I think that she brings an art to the runway that a lot of people don't bring. And I loved her liquid latex look. And my favorite look, though, I do have to talk about Cardi B. My God, this dress. So she was wearing Guarva Gufta. Wow, I don't even know. I can't even like pronounce this. But basically, she was a walking piece of art. This royal blue, the cape, the way everything came across. Like she knew she was going to be queen of that carpet and she brought it. And I think that this is going to go down as one of the most iconic fashion statements ever in the Grammys. Like she understood the rules. So with that being my favorite, I have to talk about Shania Twain now. I know that everyone is like, oh my God, what is that? What is that? I loved it. I loved it. It brought some drama to the carpet. Her hair matched the red carpet. I love the black and white polka dot. It's just, you know, she kind of always makes these statements with some matching outfits and and I don't know. I loved it. I'm going to give her a 10 out of 10 for just creativity and, and bringing some fun back to the runway. And then let's get to Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. So she looks like she's wearing some version of a wedding dress. And I don't think that it matches up to his like glitz that he's he's brought. So I'm going to give him like an eight of 10. I'm going to give her like a six. And together as a couple, I'll give them a seven. Um, this was just a mismatched look for me. Like they usually coordinate more. I don't know. Heidi Klum. who I loved this. I loved that she just took a really, really simple snake print and like fringe dress and, you know, just wore her hair like kind of like rocker bohemian style. She just brought a different side of rocker alive and I really enjoyed the look. Camilla Cabello. It was cute. You know, it had like a 90s thing, like that bustier top. Um, I think maybe the skirt was a little bit boring. So I'm going with like a 7 out of 10 for her. And Paris Hilton, that's another of a 10 for me. I think she just brought it. Like, I just loved how the whole thing just flowed on her she doesn't often wear dark colors she's always in like pinks and pastels and you know really like something that draws a lot of attention I liked seeing her understated I thought the hair was cute um I thought that maybe it could have been a little different but I like the dress overall so I'm gonna give her a 10 on it because it distracted me from the hair oh Okay, so I found out how to pronounce Cardi B's designer. It's Gaurav Gupta Couture. So I saw it on Instagram as like one long name in, in the tag and I had to look up the person. So there it is. So I don't know about winning, losing, performances, not performances. Um, I could talk about that tomorrow, but I wanted to talk about this fashion because, you know, it's the one thing that I really do like about the red carpets is that you get to see walking art and how it's evolved over the years. And, you know, I just think that uh, it's an interesting thing to talk about. I do love fashion. I actually create some wearable art. I'll talk a little bit more about that because I'm in the process of making a new collection now. And 
and I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Messy Closet. And don't forget to keep art and keep love alive. <laughs>